Hello. Um, so welcome to Cena Files episode two. You've heard a little of the outro by accident because it cut between the two of them because I didn't realize this player would loop the two files. Um, gonna make it we, so are, we are adapting, we are improvising, we are overcoming. This is Cena Files, just like John Cena would while he's while his girlfriend is kidnapped or his wife is being abducted. We're figuring it out. We're improvising. We're not gonna fix the kitchen the bathroom sink properly when we should have, but we're at least yeah. gonna make things work when they should have. I'm Henry T. Casey. He's Mike Andronico. I almost called you Mike Strikes Back because I've heard you refer to the stream and everything. Hi, Marie. That's Marie in the background. Uh, the 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 third uh, the the third part of our three man band. Um, yes. The uh, the Slater to our Ginger and Drew. Exactly. Um, so, but it was I should go through the normal introduction here. Welcome to CN Files, the world's greatest John Cena film review program. We are here to discuss the cinematic career of the Doctor of Thugonomics, the 16-time world champion, the best-selling author, the TV show host, and overall sentient meme machine himself, John Cena. And John, if you're watching, and I hope you are. He is. We can't see you right now, but you can see us. And I think, I bet you like that. I bet it's a good change of pace for you. Um... But we're going to talk about a little movie called 12 Round. And Magan in the um, chat, what's up? We're doing well. Good to see you in there, dude. Um, how are you doing today, Mike? Doing great. Well, great. <laughs> great, uh, maybe he's being a bit... A, a, a are bit, you going to lie to our audience? We're only in the third episode. We're only in the second episode of the second season. You're not going to lie. I need to be honest with everyone. Um, I'm doing okay. Uh you know, I'm starting to uh, – my, my energy was a little low before the episode started, but as soon as I got on Discord with Henry, um, starting to amp myself back up. You know, had a bit of a late night last night on several levels. It happens. Uh, it'll actually come into play in, in this uh, podcast because there's a moment in this film that was very similar to something I, I experienced last night. Um, but we'll get to that. But, you know, I am – today – I started today at probably like 40%. But as soon as we hit that big old Cenophiles button, I am ready to give it 100 because that's what I do for, for Big John. Oh, Mike, they say it's kind of hard to hear you, so I'm going to turn up your audio. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Is that better, Jolene? I raised his audio. Um, this is the first time I am hosting a second person on a stream. So, Mike, can you talk a little more? Yeah, I can talk all day. Yeah, and this is this is the joy of doing it live. You know, we're, we're just figuring things out as we go. Y'all can chime in at any time. Um, if any of y'all have seen the movie, feel free to, you know, give your thoughts and we'll, we'll weave it in. But, uh, yeah. thinking about yeah, this, this, I lowered ourselves is... to the same level in the, in the yeah. mixer. So hopefully I'm not sounding overpoweringly loud and good to know that we're, thank you, Jolene, for being our, um, cause I did a, we did a video check earlier to test everything out. Um, and I was like, oh, it might just be my system that, cause like we both sounded a little soft, but, um, and just, um, just so you know, just so y'all know. Um, we've had a little fun preparing for this. I want to show you something here. That, so, we've got, I finally actually have videos that play, a little GIF that play when stuff happens. It's a little preview. I know I've been slacking on my streaming, but I'm glad to, um, finally get that together. But Mike, we're going to go back to you for a second here. You were talking yes. about your last night, last night, last night, night, last night. What were you up to? 
Oh uh, yeah, we just uh just out and about in Brooklyn seeing some friends and uh we I actually got to see you at the end of the night, which was great. Uh slowly starting to get back to normal in the world. Um and uh everything was going great. It was a great old night and um until I got home and got stuck in my elevator, uh which was kind of whatever, like I wasn't freaking out. Uh, I have a as you know Henry, I have a historically bad elevator that stops working at times random times uh, this is the first time i actually got stuck in it so i was just a little you know it had been a long night um so a little frustrating but i was just kind of chilling i was vibing i was like worst case hey if i have to sleep here tonight they have a little rug i'll be okay um i didn't know but it was eventually, historically bad i just knew it looked like it had been there historically for a very long time it probably it's probably older than the actual building somehow um uh, but you know eventually uh the folks at the fire department came got the door open for me um uh, john cena was not one of the firefighters which was disappointing but uh but i was okay how was your night henry my night was good as well um i was supposed to see army of the dead and plans change and now i have credit for a movie theater that's nowhere near my apartment so that's fun um and then i end i wound up going out for drinks and then pizzas slices at with a couple of our former co-workers well one's a current co-worker kind of like, do you call somebody a coworker if they work for the same company but not on the same team? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. So or you went, could say colleague. Yeah, yeah. I was out with a colleague and a former colleague, and um, we it was just great to actually be out and about. And honestly, that avenue in Brooklyn, it was a really wide open street with like a bunch of people. And it's like on our way on my on the way one night when we left, it was a huge like DJ and a bunch of people. I was like. This feels like New York, college. This feels yeah. weird. New York, New York is back, baby. And um, but we're not going. We're not talking about New York today. No, we're no. talking about New Orleans, Louisiana, which is the setting of Twelve Rounds, the 2009 film uh, starring John Cena. So this is kind of his second major uh, leading role. Uh, another WWE Films production, directed by Rennie Harlan. Uh, obviously, starring John Cena, we have Aiden Gillen as the lead villain. You all probably know him as Littlefinger, or um, Tommy Carpetti from The Wire for the Wire yes. heads out there. Um, but more, yeah, a couple yeah. of things up front before we get past the credits too soon. Um, first of all, the first thing I realized, or I realized where it was, I'm like, this is gonna make me just miss New Orleans so much. I'm just gonna be upset the entire time. That didn't happen. But the WWE Studios has another pretentious, like, they changed their logo animation since the la since um, twelve since the Marine. But now it's not 20th Century Fox that they're working with. Now it's Fox Atomic. And I looked it up. Fox Atomic lasted only three years. It was, it was a studio subsidiary started for comedy and genre films, is what Wikipedia tells me. Because mm. genre films, I believe, is what they call movies that aren't prestigious. I'm yes. not sure if that's the technical term uh, for it, but... Also, yeah, also, just to, to get some, some other quick trivia out there before we jump in. So this opened at number seven in the box office, made about $1.75 or, or sorry, yeah, that was opening day, $5.3 opening weekend. Didn't get the best, uh, didn't get the best critical response. This, I actually wish we, uh, I wish I knew this before. Apparently, there was, there's an extreme cut of this film, an unrated extreme cut. So we might have to revisit this down the line. Maybe that'll be a bonus episode we do once we get through the whole thing. But there is an unrated cut of 12 Rounds. And of course, like the Marine, 12 Rounds is a franchise. Um, there's a standalone sequel, 12 Rounds 2 Reloaded, starring Randy Orton. 12 Rounds 3 Lockdown, starring Dean Ambrose, yep. a.k.a. John Jonathan Good, a.k.a. John Moxley. So 
another one of those you know anthology series where they just did the same formula with different dudes uh so there you go that's uh some some tidbits about 12 rounds i gotta say it makes more sense for them to do it with this sort of structure because um when you have make a, a series of movies called the marine but each one of them for the first few of them has a different person in that role and they're playing different marines how could they yeah. have the definite article as the marine that doesn't make sense um, nope. But um, just um, – oh, I'm just trying to figure out what's going on. Our trailer is not – for some reason, the YouTube isn't showing up. The embed I have of the uh, – not sure what's going on with that. It's playing, though. So – Yeah, okay, I see it. There, yeah. it is, there it is. It's we um, it's we're, perfect. We're, now, now you all have the visual of, of yeah. what we'll be talking about. So, the... yeah. Um, and, yeah, New Orleans is a great city. I hope to go there with Mike and some of y'all someday soon. And um, the movie starts out with, well, as we learned in twelve, as we learned in the Marine, things go really bad when cops show up. This time, John's one of the cops. He's Officer Danny Fisher. Yes, yeah. There's very like Tom Clancy esque intro. You're seeing like these profiles of different people. The FBI is looking for uh, this dude, Miles Jackson, who is our main villain, uh, played by Aiden Gillen. Um, so there's a lot of just espionage looking FBI shots. Uh, they're trying to find this dude. And I think I think before before things really heat up, I, we we eventually we very quickly meet Danny Fisher at home. Uh, he's he's with his wife, or I think no, it's not his wife. I think it's just his girlfriend. Uh, that'll come to play later. He's with his partner. Um, he's you know just your your everyday everyday cop. Uh, he's he's looking well, for his badge. Everyday <laughs> he's cop your... who is a muscly machine of a human being. Yes. Like... You're ev- yeah, he's your everyday, uh, you know, 2009 American man. He's got a really cute pug named Phil. Uh, but and he's then not they're, they're, they're... feeding Phil. Um, yeah. Molly specifically tells him, you're not feeding the dog, are you? Danny bends down and feeds Phil noodles. Just mm-hmm. like, it looks like ramen or something. Like, just but y- Yeah. And he specifically says uh, he's going through a bulking phase, so it's okay. Because Danny's uh, another... trying to build the world's most dominant dog. Is I wrote those and... words down in particular because it's true, and 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 that that'll come into that'll come in handy later. Phil does does some amazing things, but there's also a great one liner I didn't catch the first time I watched this, where uh, you know he's finally ready for work, and he he you know he kind of slyly says to it to his partner, "Oh, you know I have about ten minutes till I have to leave." And she's like, it only takes you two, honey. And she just walks him out the door. And that's, yeah, that's that. But you, you're not, we have to give John his credit here, or Danny his credit. It's a strong two, is how he replies to that. So he's sticking up for himself. He's And I, and I believe him. Um, and we pan out to the cop car, or no, we cut to the cop car outside, where Hank, his partner, is waiting for him, I believe his partner's mm-hmm. name is. Um, and Hank says, Ah, shit, I am definitely not smarter than a fifth grader. Because he's trying to solve a Rubik's Cube, and he's having a really mm-hmm. hard time with it. I only bring this up. I wouldn't probably have brought this up before, but it reminded me, wait, didn't John... Yes, 10 years after this movie came out, in 2019, John Cena hosted the 2019 TV series, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? So he had the seeds planted to be in that TV show 10 years prior. So... It's all there's a part of the plan. Stuff, yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that in that film that that ended up being accidental foreshadowing. But yeah, we kind of get back. We get back to the main scene. There's a pretty elaborate uh, double crossing setup, weapons deal going on um, with Miles Jackson, some other players. 
uh, the guy that he's dealing with, I think his name is Robert um, or something like that, and he's 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 wired by the FBI. So it looks like it's a sting operation. Yeah, Joshua is the, the Joshua. guy. He, Joshua is the guy working with the feds. Um, yes, we meet these two sort of. We meet. We mostly meet one fed who they're not named yet, but they're these angry feds, and it's very. Um, What's that Will Smith uh, movie? And it was very Enemy of the State. The opening credits, I, mm-hmm. it felt very inspired by that. Um, but Ma- uh, Hank Miles is uh, Danny's Danny's partner. Hank asks him, "When is he getting married?" And he's like, "They're just we just moved in together." Like, yeah, he's putting a lot of pressure on him to uh, to uh, pop the question. But yeah, so they're you know they're kind of on the regular patrol. They're just your you know your kind of standard cops uh, while the FBI is watching what's happening with this deal. Um, and basically, uh, the, we see the first part of what looks like a setup. So uh, Joshua shoots Miles. Uh, it makes it look like you know he betrayed him, and he's he's about to run away and takes the briefcase. Then they get in the van. You realize Miles was wearing a bulletproof vest. It was all all kind of a setup uh, to throw the FBI off. And but then there's like a double double cross because in the van, uh, as Miles and Joshua are talking. Uh, I forget the exact lines of dialogue, but Miles turns on Joshua, stabs him, kills him, grabs the money, and then we're we're kind of off. Uh, he goes to meet up with his girlfriend, uh, whose name is Erica, I believe. Uh, and you know, they just your typical villain stuff. He gets out of the car, finds his woman. They start super intensely making out, um, and then they eventually cross paths with Daniel and Hank. Who don't realize what's going on at first, but nope. yeah. Um, Danny's playing it by the book, and Hank is just trying to get laid. Earlier in the movie, um, we've uh, Danny sort of says something to Hank about how, how Hank has had a lot of girlfriends or partners, while ha- Dan- while Danny's only had his one girlfriend. And while when they pull Erica over, H- Hank just sort of start stops trying to actually do his job and gives Erica his uh, card with his number on it if she ever doesn't <laughs> want to be driving around solo because like. Wh- it wasn't the nicest part of town. I'm not sure no. if it was the Treme, but it was because I actually did the Treme once on my first trip to New Orleans. It, it just didn't look like a, re- a good, well-to-do part. And throughout the movie, they make references to Katrina and how like run down the city has been. Yeah, this is very much yeah multiple post references to this being post Katrina. But New um, Orleans. Cena needs her. Sorry, uh, Danny. My notes say Cena. Uh, Danny needs Erica to pop the trunk, and Hank gets her to do so. But. Oh my God! Miles is in the trunk, and the he's got a gun. Yeah, so and then we're off, and there's then this sets up a, a big chase shootout scene. We have we can't go past the the recurring bit of the movie. Hank gets shot, that... and Hank yeah. says he shot me in my ass. And <laughs> Danny, does get sa- shot Danny ass. says, "Danny says in your ass." <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> Good old John Cena, man. He knows yeah, how to I, really emphasize the right word. Yeah, this this movie does have as many great one-liners as the Marine, but it it, it, it you know it doles out a few. But yeah, this kind of sets up a, a pretty solid chase scene. This is where I real this is where you really can see the step up in cinematography from the Marine. Like it's a pretty slickly shot action scene of you know two cars doing all this crazy stuff. Uh, definitely foreshadowing that john cena would one day be in fast nine this is this is where he developed the love for being in movies with cars um but eventually when they finally kind of corner miles and erica uh while erica is kind of trying to escape she gets hit by a car dies um 
but in the process, we learned that uh, Danny's really familiar with New Orleans. He jumps through wind. He's like running through all the neighborhood houses, and he can track them down. And he jumps through a glass door or a glass window. I'm like, I in that moment, I'm like, I need John Cena's voice to be Mick Foley. I need it badly. Oh yeah, um, we'll get that hopefully. But yeah, no. Erica gets hit by a car after she gets out of the car, and Miles is very angry, and he goes, oh, "Who? What? What is your name? What is your name?" And then he, Danny doesn't say it because he knows better. But mm. unfortunately, Danny's badge is showing. And Miles goes, Officer Fisher, I'll remember you. And and he's really, really emphasizing how much he's lo- Erica's loss means to him. And this yeah. makes me think, did he really show that much? Like, it just sort of seemed like this, the cliche bad guy and gal couple sort of lustfully on the road or whatever. It didn't seem like he had lost the Juliet we, to the Romeo. We, we, we didn't get time to establish their relationship. It did not seem very, you know, yeah, it very much seemed like the bad guy with his with his attractive partner and, you know, they're going to get away and, and be badasses. But, uh, you know, obviously, so he's upset about losing his girlfriend. And, yeah, he does the typical villain thing where you'll pay for this, I'll find you. Um, and, and then we cut to we cut to one year later uh, on the cue ball. Literally, uh, the as, words are written. I wish we had a screen yeah. to show you, but like literally, the words "one year later" are title cards placed on a cue ball that Hank or Danny cl- shoots, and life's pretty good for them, isn't it, Mike? Pretty good, yeah. So we find out that in in the past year, Danny has been promoted to detective, so he's now Detective Fisher. Uh, him and Hank are just talking things over, and it's clear that he still feels really bad about what happened. He was like. You know, he kind of, he feels, he's like, this is wrong. Like, a girl died that night, and I we get got promoted. promoted. yeah. We got promoted, yeah. Um, so it's still weighing on him. The, the, the death of Erica is still weighing on him. Meanwhile, Hank's a little more loose. He's just having a good time. He still remembers there's a bullet hole in his ass cheek. That's, those are the exact yes. words that he uses. Because, like, yeah. Danny is like, aren't you, don't you think about what would have happened if we hadn't gone after them that night? And Danny literally, Hank says, aside from the fact that I wouldn't have a bullet hole in my ass cheek, and there, and what else is Hank up to? He's flirting with a lady that he's trying to bring home, but Danny needs to go home. Yeah, uh, that's because you know he's got he he's got Molly, he's got his girlfriend, uh, he's got Phil to take care of, and then we cut back to the house. They're dealing with typical house problems. There's a flood. Uh, they're having some kind of issues in their in their bathroom and pipes flooding. And, it's uh, like an inch of water on the ground. It's not a yeah you, yeah. You can't use the words flood in a movie about New Orleans that literally. And, and I believe, uh, yes, yeah. So there's just there's a leak. Uh, I, I believe that Molly heads off to work, and she just she does the typical like, she says something along the lines of like, "I love you. I just want to trust you," and that's going to be important later, uh, yep. which you'll you'll you will which we'll get to. But symmetrical storytelling, uh, um, it's good. Yes. Um, but we we find out that Hank is sort of like a um sort of thrifty because the plumber shows mm-hmm. up and he goes, "I told you about the stop valve." But you wanted to do it on your own. You didn't want me to fix it. And so Molly and Hank had their little – Molly and Danny had their little – Daniel, yeah. Oh, why don't we get along? But right, right. He tries to stop her at the door, and he says, Molly, wait. And she says, I'll see you in the morning. And then the plumber tries to, gets all judgmental about him and, like, yeah, you got to – the ones that go underneath the sink because Molly <laughs> was actually trying to fix the plumbing issue, yeah. you got to keep them. Yeah, so there's 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 a bit of household tension uh, between Danny and Miles, uh, Danny and Molly, uh, also Danny and Miles, because Miles. So about a minute later, uh, Danny gets a phone call on the flip phone because we're still using flip phones at this point. Um, and guess who it? Uh, 
Danny picks up his phone. Guess who it is? Miles Jackson. He's like, uh, he's saying something like, oh, how's the prison food? He's like, well, it was terrible, but fortunately I got out. Um, and he's calling calling uh, Danny to let him know that uh, he's going to get his revenge for what happened to Erica starting now. And they're going to they're going to play a little game uh, and- to invoke invoke saw a little bit. Yeah, it's but Danny. The minute he says the, the minute Miles says one of the Miles says prison food bites, one of the reasons that I left. And then Danny sort of sees triple. It's this sort of recurring like visual motif in the movie where like when Danny's emotional, he has a hard time mm-hmm. seeing straight. And it's sort of like it's very. But Miles has cameras in their house. It sounds like because he was enjoying yeah. the show. Yes. He, so he's yeah. He reveals that he's been stalking them. He's had cameras installed. Oh, and it turns out uh, that there's a bomb planted in their car, because uh, as eventually Danny runs out of the house, uh, we realize something is up. There's a massive explosion. I think he even t- took the house out. It was just a lot of things blowing up. One of many times uh, we see that kind of thing happening, and I was I was so concerned because at this point we think that maybe Phil died in the explosion, and in my notes I have all cat in all caps like. If he effing killed the dog, I swear. Uh, but no, it turns out Phil made it out somehow. Um, right before Danny kind of goes on the run to figure out what's up, he hands Phil over to a neighbor. Um, but yeah, like the Marine, we get a great shot, a shot of John Cena getting knocked back by an explosion. And uh, yeah, Miles basically says, it's our anniversary. We're going to have our rematch. I just took round one. It's very, again, I kept thinking of Saw throughout this film. But, like, uh, but he's trying to he's trying to enact his revenge. Why twelve? Like, this is my thing. Is like, is there a boxing reference for twelve rounds? Like, why is it just an a, a number that he picked at random? Like, do we have any idea yeah. what's going on here? No, <laughs> uh, no, I don't know if twelve rounds was a thing before this film. But yeah. so now you know, Danny really like he knows that Miles is after Molly. Uh, he knows that Molly's on the ferry. He's trying to get to her, um, but he can't call her because. What happens, Henry? There's this weirdo who he needs to call his daughter, and he doesn't have his own phone because people lie. Um, and he just he asks Molly if he can use her phone, and he immediately turns it off so he can so Molly won't get a call from Danny. Um, Molly and Danny both having names that have double letters and then a Y at the end is really screwing with my head. I'm just gonna say that out loud. Um, but we can clearly tell that it's a, it's all a trap, and it seems like Miles has pretty much planned all of this out very – if he's already got a – hey, we got a hunter in the chat. We got a hunter in the chat. Um, yes, your favorite kind of files. Not audio files. We are the team files. Good to see you, Hunter. Um, so – but – so Miles has clearly planned this all out, and he takes a car – well, he first identifies the ferry. It's the Thomas Jefferson. He's yelling. Danny's yelling for Molly. Molly doesn't hear him. Mm-hmm. She's far away. Danny looks at the ferry. He sees oh, Thomas Jackson, and he immediately goes quasi GTA by demanding a, a stranger give him their car, and he drives he after the he drives after the Thomas Jefferson, but he doesn't flash his badge. And I'm wondering, is he gonna try to dukes of hazard himself onto the ferry? Like, what's what's gonna happen here? But he calls Hank because yeah. you call you call for help. Yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, he calls Hank for help. Uh, they're driving around. He at one eventually we realize that Miles has Molly. Uh, the next time they end up on the phone, uh, we get a really great exchange. 
uh, between Danny and, and Miles. And Danny's trying to be threatening. He's like, I'm going to find you. I'm going to hunt you down and kill you. Miles has the best line of the film. He's like, oh, you like games, Mousetrap, Monopoly, Naked Twister. This one's called 12 Rounds. Uh, and he was like, you know, first round I took your house, second round I took your wife, and he's explaining the game. Um, and then, yeah, uh, we get to, uh, we cut to Danny and Hank end up in a not-so-great neighborhood. Kind of a weird scene. Um, but they find some coordinates but painted it's a, on... It's the same area where, because Miles said, find me where we met. Cause we, yes. It's, it's, the, it's the location it where Erica got hit by the car. Um, and Danny and Hank are arguing at this point yeah Hank doesn't think um maybe we're at the wrong place but hank says and this is where he shot me in the ass because hank has not <laughs> forgotten about that clearly as um, I, I i wouldn't either to be honest no i think um as hunter knows um that would become a bit you would always be bringing yeah. that up yeah um but danny identifies coordinates because there are a lot of post-katrina um numbers and words spray painted on the houses mm -hmm. and danny identifies coordinates and Hank is like, how did you figure that out? And Dan uh, Danny says, eighth grade. Eighth grade geography, brother. It, it's like, okay. Oh, just one of those. He just had to throw that out. Like, But no, there's a lot of inherent skills in this movie that I always, I'm, mm -hmm. I've been laughing. I laugh out throughout the movie. Like, how do you know how to do this? Yeah. And, yeah. But, um, and we figure out that Danny's, and because of the coordinates, Danny r r brings up that his brother works at a fire station. That's where the coordinates match. Yeah, so Danny calls his fireman brother. He's like, hey, you guys have to get out of there. There might be a bomb. Um, so he's rushing over to the fire department. Everyone, you know, all firemen are coming out. And, yeah, it turns out round four is a big fire that was that was set up downtown. Uh, we meet, uh, I believe his name is Aiken, kind of our main FBI guy. He's a huge jerk, huge jerk, just an absolute dick. Uh, we kind of we kind of find out more. We find out why later on, but I, I did not like this dude throughout any of the movie. Um, and they, they, you know, they he has a little exchange. Uh, Danny has a little exchange with him, and John's basically, or rather, Danny. They're interchangeable. Uh, Danny says, you know, basically, stay out of my way because uh, I need to get my partner. I need to go find Molly. Uh, and yeah, so so this is eventually uh, John Cena, aka Danny. Puts on, ends up putting on some fire gear, which is foreshadowing for the role he would play 10 years later in playing with fire as a fireman. That's canonically why it happened. Um, and yeah, then they are, him and his brother are kind of going through this, this burning building, trying to figure out what the heck is going on. And they end up finding a set of explosives, uh, which kind of kicks off round five. And I just want to say, like, I wish the maybe it would be too weird or comical, but, like, I think about movies like Crank, and, like, I wish the rounds were a little more delineated. You're taking really good notes, it sounds like, about what, what rounds are when. I was not, and everyone, every time when they bring up, oh, it's round X, I was like, wait, was, wasn't it just round... Yeah, no, this this movie moves, and I'll, I mean, I don't mind that, but this movie moves at, like, a breakneck pace, where, yeah, the rounds go into each other. It's like round one was you walking to the door, and round two is you going through it. It's, it might as well be that. It's very breakneck. I always said in my notes, it's like, if Saw happened on the go and was going at, like, a million miles a minute, that's basically um, that's basically this film. But that's, yeah, the, the fire scene transitions right into the explosives, and it's, it's another very kind of um trap slash puzzle thing where he gets a call for miles he's like one of these has an one of these is a bomb one of these has a clue to the next game 
Uh, and then he also said, don't forget to wear the hat and use your sirens. Uh, and then Danny and, basically says – oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, Danny is throughout the movie leaving little clues. And like one thing I love about this movie, it's like a very schlocky, fun, silly action movie. Like it's – but he, he's leaving verbal clues and like – it leaves. It means that Danny has to go all Jeff Goldblum and Independence Day, re undoing the sentences to find out whoa, what was the actual clue in that. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of the real game of Twelve Rounds. It's verbiage. But um, yeah, so they're climbing through the. They're scaling this building, and John uh, Danny's in his firefighter gear, and we cut back to the police station where Hank tells all the other cops Molly's been kidnapped. This could be your girlfriend. This could be your mm-hmm. wife. Or any of us, and it's like he could have. There wasn't just men in there, like or like. They're, they're very normative. It was very. Uh, it's I mean, yeah. I'm not expecting much uh, from 2009, but like, yeah, I wasn't surprised for for when this film released. But yeah, it was it was very typical in that way. But they find two security boxes, and thus round five has begun. Yes. So yeah, as as Henry mentioned, like, uh, they've got to get out of that building. Uh, I forget that I forget how the, there was a timer obviously on these boxes, and and Danny's brother's like, "This is gonna go off. We're you know we don't even have that much time to get out of the building." Danny goes, "That's if we take the stairs." So he sets up this whole method of getting of oh yeah of course of rappelling down because he's John Cena, uh, and then he's driving around in the fire truck. He crashes a lot of stuff. He says, "I'm sorry" at one point to somebody, which is really funny. This is um, back to John Cena foreshadowing playing with fire because him rappelling down stuff. Is exactly yeah. what he will do then, and and I'm sure he'll be doing a lot of that in Fast Nine, the driving, the jumping, the rappelling. So he gets to the water, the bombs tick down. He throws the bomb in the water. Well, no, uh, no, your Danny Miles shuts both of the timers to zero. Yes, even though Danny's gotten there on time, he's playing yep. by the rules. Danny's being a good games player person. He's yeah, um, he knows how to play the game, but. It's all about that. But, like, the thing is, Miles doesn't care about playing by the rules. Miles flips the timers, and then Danny looks at the two boxes, and he listens. Mm. And he hears that one of them has a little bell that goes off, which brings up a recurring motif where Miles says, oh, you've been saved by the bell. And every time it happens, I just I just chuckle a little bit. But um, it's – sorry about the fire. Um, no, it's, it's, it's actually – it's, 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 yeah, it's perfect for what we're talking about. Yeah, actually. no, it's – and because the thing is there are fire trucks everywhere. You got to you gotta uh, wear the hat and use the horn. But um, – All day. Yeah, he takes – he keeps one security lockbox, and he throws the other one in the wharf. Yes. So so he succeeds. You know, he, throws, he throws away the bomb just in time. We see it blow up in the water. Then he needs to open the other box. He tell, he asked the FBI for a, a saw, which is funny because this movie reminds me of Saw. <laughs> FBI continuing to be jerks to Danny. They find they realize the next game is happening at Hotel Monteleone, which a pro- someone in my family probably owns. <laughs> uh, and he gets there. Um, but when he, he gets to the, every time they drive to some place, Danny has the most gratuitous uh, property destruction ever, and it's all oh, perfectly built. All. The, but it's all no. I, I mean, he probably cares a little bit, but it seems like it's all built for the trailer when Danny drives a fire truck through, like, nine motorcycles or yeah. drives a, a fire truck through a tiki bar. Like, it's all very much – it serves no purpose for the for the actual movie, like, narrative, but it's a yeah. fun explosion or destruction thing. I'm like, okay, you you have a trailer you need to make, and well, hey, look, it's, you see it down there. But like, it's very it's very GTA. He's driving yep. through everything. But uh, we – yeah, so then we get to Hotel Monteleone. 
we realize that uh, Molly is there with with uh, with Miles. She, Miles is kind of forcing her to talk on camera. She's like, if you're viewing this, round six has already started. I'm sure you've already met your new friend, Willie, because at that, that point he met the security guard there. And uh, Miles had Willie show him something in the hotel. Yes. Hot yep. that, we don't really yep. know that much about, but... And then Miles yeah, got we have the footage of Molly yes. for Danny to find, and she was bound and gagged in the post. I'm like, yeah, okay, this has got a little kinky. I'm a little bit surprised. Yeah. Um, I, I expected Miles to have more sicko dialogue about that. Yeah, but this sets up basically a trap where um, because where and, no, no, Willie and Danny are in the elevator. It's a like yes. a it's a it's like a freight elevator basically. It, yeah, they're in a giant freight elevator. Uh, they have 60 seconds before it falls, and it's and basically set up so that only one of them can really get out and survive and willie being a larger man it's basically designed for him to fail but danny being the heroic guy he is he tries he really tries to save him he jumps up to the top of the elevator he's able to pull willie you know kind of to the upper portion but he eventually can't hold on uh in the way he needs to to actually get uh off of the off of the elevator itself and and to the side of the building that was a really bummer. That was a real bummer of the scene. Also gave me some flashbacks. Is literally last night I got stuck in my elevator. It was not that <laughs> dramatic. Luckily, it was. I was. You know, nothing. Nothing crazy happened. I didn't have to perform an action scene to get out. But Miles uh, was a real jerk about it all too because he had Molly read a script of the instructions for the round, and this Molly has to say refer to Willie's unfortunate girth that would be a problem to get him out of the the elevator. And at one point, like Willie's jumping up and. Danny's trying to pull him out of the elevator, and like Willie gets one foot on the railing, and that snaps off. It's like, man, Willie yeah. can't catch a break. This movie's not giving. Said, yeah, R.I.P. Willie. Yeah. He was he was just trying to do his job. He's got wife and kids, but anyway. So that's that was I guess round six, and you know we we see eventually shortly after that <laughs> we see Miles on a bus eating ice cream, just living his best life. Uh, uh, Danny and Miles are on the phone again. He's asking if the FBI is trying to trace their call. That's Miles asking, uh, and he's he's basically he's basically exerting how how smart and powerful he is that he knows that they're not going to catch him. He's really just starting to mess with them. Uh, he says the clue. He says the clue to the next round is in the lobby of the hotel. A picture of a lonely man. He also says if you trace this call again, I'll start cutting Molly's toes, which is very disturbing. Yeah, when he said that, I was, I was, I could just imagine all the sickos in the room like, hoping there would be close-ups on toes, but like, yeah. none, Wait, that, that, that does not happen. happen. Um, and Miles proves that he's even more evil than we thought because he throws the ice cream cone and his SIM card out the window of the trolley that he's on. So he's just a litter bug too. Like this man is a truly scummy person. Absolutely. That's probably probably the worst thing he does throughout the film. But uh ne- things things really start heating up from here because uh John eventually finds the bus that uh Molly and Miles are on. And this is this is a pretty funny scene because you know, this is like one of the most tense moments well, where he finds it because Danny Miles Miles told him you have a 50/50 chance of finding us. The bus number is 50/50. And so, John, so, yeah, Danny's really good at solving puzzles. Danny re- retains that memory, and you hear him, like, hearing the audio of Miles talking in his ear. And <clears throat> But we also meet Aiken's partner. We learn more about Detective Aiken's partner named yeah. Ray. And Aiken tells him, don't be a hero, Ray. It's not in your pay grade. Because Aiken doesn't seem to care about Molly. Ray clearly is trying to save her. But, like, Aiken just has a vendetta against uh miles so he's he doesn't yeah. care who dies 
exactly yeah he strictly wants to take miles out danny wants to save molly santiago is kind of the nicer nicer cop he's trying to do both but yeah so we so we get to the bus scene and he gets on the bus and standing right there is is molly um and you know she's she tells him to stop and she reveals that she has a bomb on this scene was funny to me because it's one of the one of the most dramatic points of the story but like I love how no one on the bus is really raising an eyebrow at what's happening. Like, he's literally, he gets on the bus, unzips her sweater, looks at the bomb. I'm sure other people could have seen it. Gives her a hug. And then there's freaking Miles in the back being the biggest dick. Just like, you lovebirds want to take a seat. And then they start talking. And yeah, like, no one pays any mind. And when he said, you lovebirds care for a fit. And the second he said that, his Irish accent is, which is like, very much he's not talking about like he's not talking like himself in um aiden gillen isn't giving the vocals that he would have for any of his other projects but he has that brogue is so and I, I just kept thinking i kind of wish it was finn balor instead of aiden gillen in this role like, i wish it was Jameis because that's who <laughs> i was thinking of i feel like this movie had to have set off a feud between cena and Jameis because basically the same accent yeah. But yeah, it's a very for someone. It, it ain't getting such a good actor, but like this, this accent was so weird because it it was I Irish. Real accent. I think it's his real accent. He's a secret. He's one of those like I guys guess. who plays like non. Yeah. Like I'm gonna look it up, but like I, I think it he's was... one of those like secret Englishmen or secret Irishmen where they hide, where they're really good at training their voice to sound non-regional. Yeah, I th- I thought it was terrible. Um, Irish it, actor, Irish actor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but that's that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so then you know they're kind of exchanging words on the bus. Uh, Miles is explaining how the bomb works, and he's like, "If I take my hand off this for a certain amount of seconds, uh, Molly will die. And then if if you you know if something else happens, if I fully drop it, the whole bus goes." So he's you know he's 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 really trying to scare Danny, let him know how serious it is, and yeah. What can I say, Danny? I just like playing the game, and it's. It... Like it wasn't bad enough when the guy in the in the marine had a sledgehammer that he dragged slowly on the floor. It's yep. just like I the WWE studios, I I I assume that they're putting stuff like these in the movies because they want yeah. to have moments where people in the audience go, He said the thing. Like I, I'm right. assuming that. But it's very funny when it happens. Yeah, and then so they're going back and forth. At one point Danny just straight up yells fuck you to Miles, which again, <laughs> no one reacts to any of this. Everyone's just on the bus doing their own thing. Molly Molly's trying to get a little tough. She's like he's going to win and he's going to kill you. Uh so so there so that scene continues for a bit and then it all goes south because the FBI's got snipers everywhere uh and they decide despite the bomb and everything, they don't really know what's going on. They decided to start shooting at Miles. So jo- so Danny actually saves Miles at this point to prevent the bomb from going off. But before then, Aiken fully reveals that he has no – he gives no Fs about um, – because Ray says – Santiago says, you know you're going to kill that girl. And and Aiken goes, I'm going to kill Miles. Yeah, he and doesn't then, care. He does not care at all. And then uh, at the same time, it's um, Molly laughs at Miles' plan. And M- Miles goes, is there something funny? And mm-hmm. Molly goes, he's going to win, and then he's going to kill you. Like, it's, yeah. this movie fully owns it. Yeah, it's, yeah, they're they're leaning into that type of dialogue. Um, so anyway, yeah, the FBI starts shooting. Uh, Danny saves Miles uh, in order to keep the bomb from going off. Uh, and then there's commotion on the bus. Everyone's running off. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, does, 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 does Danny get handcuffed to the bus 
Danny is that what happened? inside the bus, yes. and that bus, and that's why. And, yeah. Um, when, and when he gets out of the bus, because I guess somebody helped him loose. Yep. I don't remember how. Like, there, it's one of those things where, like, it probably had something happen, but, like, I wasn't. I was trying to take notes while watching, and and you only can get so much even when watching this movie for the second time. But um, it, the second Miles gets out of the, the second Danny gets out of the bus, he walks up and just cold clocks Aiken right in the face, right in the chin, basically. Oh uh, yeah, he, he gets goes, a good. You shoot Miles, everybody dies. And he goes, he's like, you didn't know that Molly would die if you shot Miles, and then, and then Ray looks at Aiken. He goes, you got something right here. Because he's pointing to the bruise on Aiken's lip from the getting punched moment. Fun cop fighting cop, like yeah. And then and then we uh, uh we get um we get kind of Hank and, and Danny reconvene eventually. Uh, and Hank's got a plan. He wants to go after Miles's main henchman, and they think they've they, they've they've got some leverage and they've got the jump. So that's kind of Hank's kind of side mission going on. And then the next round it gets pretty elaborate, but basically there's like a cable car that Danny has to stop from kind of going out of control and um, and completely crashing and killing everybody. And, and Ray's oh, kind on of the, the chase phone. begins. Yeah, he's on the phone trying to get them to stop the car. Yep. But she put me on hold. Like yeah. nobody <laughs> believes them in their chase. It's really sort of amazing. So, so yeah, now now the dynamic changes because yeah, now we have Danny and Ray, uh, kind of on the on the run to or you know on the chase together, trying to trying to stop this cable car from spiraling out of control. And you again, you get to know Ray as kind of the more sympathetic FBI person. Uh, and they're they they can't get to the power people. They don't know what the hell's going on. They eventually kind of do this weird maneuver where they just get in front of it. And they they get slammed by it, and they try to slow it down. A uh, lot of drama, uh, and then eventually um, they actually both they're they're driving the car. They both jump out of a moving car as it kind of goes takes out the generator. But in the meantime, and... Danny actually climbs to the top of their car yeah. and then climbs onto the trolley, climbs to the roof, tries to cut the power and can't. And I'm just yeah. thinking, how does he know that the power of the trolley? Like there's a lot of like oh okay. and he has a lot of he has a lot of knowledge about yeah he's really good at at geography he deserved uh, that promotion like he really yeah. earned it and also this yeah. was the second time I believe this is the car that he knocks the windshield out of and this yeah. created a ticker in my head of uh, windshields destroyed from so this is we're at two now for Cena five yeah it was it, it was pretty funny and then I think him and Ray have a funny little exchange he's like it's the first time you jumped out of a moving car is like you know first time by choice basically <laughs> and uh and then there's like i think i think they finally save the cable car and one guy throws out a funny one-liner he's like guess i gotta start taking the bus um yep. and then we we get to kind of the the showdown between uh hank and the henchman uh which gets a little which gets uh kind of interesting so we sort of figure out that um the henchman is talking with miles um, I I refer to him as the Bluetooth douche, the Bluetooth douchebag because he has yes, a little uh, earpiece. I believe um, that's what he's credited as. Yeah, it's a technical term for it. Um, but like, um, when they get off the bus, uh, the trolley, um, Hank, uh, uh Detective uh, Ray gets a call, a call, and he goes, "Oh, thank you." And he turns to Hank, he goes, you know, he turns to Danny and goes, "They're gonna shut off the power because <laughs> they finally got through them." Um, but, yep, that was pretty funny. So Hank comes across the Bluetooth douchebag, and it seems like it's a well-laid trap to kill Hank. 
and because mm-hmm. the the BTD the BTDB says you won't think a man like Miles would have planned for this, and then this little then... <laughs> landmine device on the floor opens, and what yep. does Hank say? Hank says basically whatever the plan was, you weren't part of it, bitch. And that is one of the many times in this movie that the dialogue is punctuated by bitch. Like oh, yeah, it, is, it, ha- it is the preferred is the preferred word of this movie. It is not yeah, it is not the last time you'll hear it. So then so that house basically blows up. We can't obviously we know BTDB is dead, as we'll call him. Yep. Uh we Hank's fate is uncertain, but the henchman's out of the way. And um then we uh I, I believe this was we we kind of learn Aiken finally reveals his why he hates Miles so bad. And uh, you could probably explain this better than I can, Henry, but there was kind of an incident three years prior where they couldn't stop him, and it gets kind of personal for Aiken. So yeah. Miles blows up a 747 or something, I think. Yes, like, yep, yep. Goes, and then the only thing that survived the 747 was a die-cast car. And throughout yep. the movie, Miles, uh, Aiken has, been, has this toy um, car in his hands where the hood flips open. And because they talk earlier in the movie about how, like, well, we had trained it so because Aiken Miles only got out of prison because of a hostage thing or something where the FBI didn't want to work with him, but they were like, okay, we're just gonna let these guys out of jail, and then we're gonna flip the switch on all the cars so they're not gonna actually get away. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert: Miles got away. Um, but then, so he gets out, and then, so it's really it's that's why he has a toy car, and he's really still bitter about it. And Aiken sort of lets his guard down with uh, Danny and sort of accepts it. And I'm still not sure why. I'm, like, thinking... Because I guess Aiken, uh, Aiken spent the entire, like, three last scenes when Aiken had uh, made the mistake of not almost, almost killing Molly. Aiken took that time to mentally process the mistake he almost made. And yeah. um, so then we now, because uh, the three policemen are finally getting along and working together... We actually can have all these sparks of like mental acuity, and they can actually finally maybe stop Miles because somebody from the cop, the police station, calls up Danny, and it turns out they pulled the switch on Willie early. Like Willie was always gonna die. What does uh, that mean? There's like yeah. a series of like, wait, he did that because of that, and it's very right. much like Charlie Kelly on It's Always Sunny, pointing at the uh, corkboard with all the string on it. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so then that kind of brings us to the, the final round, more or less. Uh, Danny gets another call. At this point, um, Miles is singing. He's, like, singing, oh, daddy boy. That, that, that's how he greets him. And he basically says, in 17 minutes, it'll be one year since my girl's death. Uh, you know, only, only your thumbprint can stop the timer on the bomb. He, he literally makes Danny say, he asks him, are you sorry for what happened? Danny says, I'm sorry. He's just playing with his emotions at this point. He says game over. He's like, this is game over at one point where, again, like the saw parallels are off the charts. And the clue he gives is like, you basically, you know, you have to go see Erica. You have to go, go to the, go to her grave. Um, And that's where. Miles asks asks Danny, do you feel bad about what you did to Erica? Mm -hmm. Remember, Danny didn't do anything to Erica. Erica got out of the car. Erica screwed Erica. Um, Like that. But so. But then they think, oh, he means we need to go to the cemetery. But then during the middle of – I think it's somewhere around this point, we – like, um, that's when we get the call about Miles um, Miles having flipped the switch for Willie early. Mm-hmm. And Danny starts realizing, wait, 
Willie was always going to die. Why was Willie always going to die? It wasn't about the game. It turned out Miles was used. Wait, we need to look at what Willie's. Why would he want to kill Willie? Willie mm-hmm. turns out has a night job working um, in a security company. Mm-hmm. And that security company is connected to the local. Wait, no. Local what were the other yeah. buildings that were in the radius of the Hotel Monteleone that we had to close, that we had to clear out because of the uh, threat to the Hotel Monteleone? Wait, that's a goddamn mint. Is something that I think Ray or um, word for word, yeah, yeah, what they say. I, I am thorough uh, with the notes. I'm a journalist, of course, uh, and yeah. So that, so that, so now we have Miles posing as you know as Willie, uh, and he's fully he's in the mint. He's got a, He's about to take you know s- steal about a hundred million dollars uh, because that's what bad guys do. Uh, and then it also, uh, you know, as, then as he's making his escape, it turns out Molly knows how to fly a helicopter. Yep. Yep. So he he forces her to uh, to do that, uh, and that's we're we're getting pretty close to our final battle here. At one point, um, but it, at one, the, 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 so they learn that it's not. It's like all this like weird like oh we're not supposed to go to the we have to go to the hospital because yeah yep because they keep realizing oh no Miles was doing this because of this why would he need Molly all alive. Because he needs to escape with the money somehow, and I I don't know how they figure out the, the helicopter, but they figure out they need to go to the roof of the hospital where, of course, because Molly and um Miles fill a or Miles fills a body bag with all the soaking thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars. Because let's go back to the start of the movie when I said it didn't seem like Miles really cared that much about Erica. This was never about justice for Erica. This was always about the money, and I think. This proves that he's even more soulless than he claimed because it was always just a Erica was a misdirect this whole time mm-hmm. um, because he was just everything that he had all the twelve rounds or at least the eleven rounds that he had Danny do he was also doing something to get to this point of being able to steal the money and get away because it's 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 never been about what we thought and that's the great like he's a smart mastermind moment where yeah, it's so like he's not he's not this he's not this grieving you know uh he's not this grieving uh former lover he's just a big schemer and a dirtbag it turns out major twist uh i actually felt horrible for him the whole time um but yeah so yeah now it's it's time for the big kind of hel- helicopter confrontation uh you know they they eventually catch up to two miles and molly aiken gets shot uh so we're worried about him and then this sets off a pretty awesome sequence of events where, um, you know, obviously the bomb is still in play. Miles is forcing Molly to fly the helicopter. Uh, Molly, at one point, grabs a fire extinguisher, hits Miles right in the nether region with it. So that sets off kind of them fighting back. And then right after this, Danny, in a classic John Cena action moment, jumps onto the helicopter i wish there was more slow-mo in it that's what i wrote my notes but he's of course being john cena danny just jumps into the helicopter so they're going back and forth uh they're stabbing each other miles shocks him with something at one point like the paddles Um, for when you're trying to give somebody like to get their heart back i think is what it was yes i have have it in my notes miles shocks danny's titties with the paddles like that's that's precisely what happens that is a technical Um, term for it and um, I believe Miles, I believe Miles says uh, this time you're not going to get saved by the bell, which yep. is his favorite thing in the world to say. Calling yeah. that back. And at this point, I kept getting I kept getting confused about how Danny gets the leg up on Miles. And in fact, it's just because Molly t- distracts Miles by telling Danny to hold on. I'm going to try to do something, and that allows Danny to get the upper hand. And he, and eventually, 
started punching and beating Miles up and yelling, and he just yelled at him, "You lose." And so corny. Molly tells Danny to strap in, but after he she says that Miles, remember the little timer trigger where if his finger lets go of it, the explosives will go off soon. Well, it's back. Uh, uh, Chekhov's explosive vest, I guess. Chekhov's vest, yeah. Yep. And Miles sets off the timer, and the explosives are in the chopper. And what does Mo- what does Danny say to Molly? Oh well, he says, "Do you trust me?" Molly uh, says, "Yes." And lo and behold, they just happen to be above a swimming pool. So Danny grabs Molly, uh, and straight up jumps out of the helicopter. But not before Molly kicks Miles and uses the refrain of the movie. She says, you land it, bitch. Yes. Like, she, how can I, I forget the great, the single greatest line in the movie? I don't have eight uh, pages of notes for no for a bad reason. Like, yeah. this is a movie worth a – I think I took more notes about this movie than many of the books I read in high school. Like, I'm yeah. pretty but, so It's a dense film. They jump out of the helicopter and – uh, they jump out of the helicopter. Uh, obviously, it explodes. They safely land in the swimming pool. You see Aiken. He's smiling. He's alive. He's like, great, they survived. Uh, then we get this. In his hand. He's, he's got his yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there's this amazing comedic kind of finale where they're walking on this hotel rooftop, coming out of the pool. Everyone's looking at them like they're insane. So they just jumped out of a helicopter into a swimming pool. John just, Danny gives this deadpan like, oh, helicopter exploded. What are you going to do? Uh, then Molly says something to the effect of, like, oh, can't wait to get back to the house. And what does Danny say? About the house. Yeah. And, and I believe that's, that's... credits. That's credits. Yeah, another, yeah, another film where, and I, you know, it kind of respects your time. There's no, like, happily ever after scene. It's like, okay, we killed the bad guy, we're out. And that was 12 rounds for you. They left it open if they wanted to do more with these characters. They left that for the sequel, which they did not make. Um, as you said earlier, no. Randy Orton in 12 Rounds 2 and um, John Moxley in 12 Rounds 3. Um, I was not doing an impression of the terrible ring announcer. That was just my way of saying it. Um, and yeah, no, we're we are in the book for uh, Cenophiles episode 2, a.k.a. the uh, – sorry, 12 Rounds. I keep, I keep doing that today. But so let's just go to the ratings board here. We had yes. given the Marine a 2.5 out of 5. Um mm-hmm. And this is, and when we say five, we are not referring to any other metric than the five knuckle shuffle. Two point five knuckles out of five. And yes, Hunter, you are sticking with the series for us to cover Ferdinand and Blockers. And just so you know, Dude. this is those are. I don't know if Fer, it's Fer, Ferdinand's kind of an action movie. It has the car chases. There's action in it, yeah. yeah. Um, and Blockers, Blockers is just one of uh, just a brilliant modern comedy. And I can't wait to rewatch wanna, that. Yeah, if you want to watch those movies, Ferdinand's on Disney Plus. Blockers is on. Well, you're gonna probably want to rent that because Blockers is on Fubo, and you're not gonna spend fifty five dollars per month just to watch. You don't need to do that. That's not a good way to spend your time. Um, but it's one of many movies that are coming up. But for now, Mike, what score would you? How many knuckles would you give Twelve Rounds? How many knuckles would you give Danny Fisher? I'm sitting at a solid three. For twelve rounds, I, I think again. I, I think it's it's a well, it's it's a solid action thriller. It moved at a very brisk pace, almost too brisk. But yeah, you're literally going from one game to another. There's no, there aren't any real lulls. Uh, you know, good performance from John Cena. He's he's doing his best as as a a, a detective looking to 
do good, uh, be a good guy. And um, there's some fun action scenes. There's some fun set pieces. You know, the the dialogue, the writing is just fine. There's definitely some some corny and cringy one-liners. Uh, but it's fascinating. I said this when we did the original version of this podcast. I'll say it again. I think 12 Rounds, a big leap in quality over The Marine from John Cena's first two big movies. I still had more fun watching The Marine because it was just, just so ridiculous and so campy and so silly. But this is, I think, undeniably a better movie. Yeah, Magan, Blockers is hilarious. And if you want, we recommend that you watch. So th- th- we need to go back to the t- the tight the subtitle, the the logline of our show. You can stream him, but should you? And when it comes to twelve rounds, I should say I would say you should stream him if you know what you're getting into. If you're looking for a eh, corny, um, little um, overly convoluted action movie, like there's a lot of like oh. That they know how to do that. They know how to do that kind of stuff in this, as we've gone over. So you, you might want to stream 12 rounds. But yes, everybody should stream Blockers. It's fantastic. We'll get to that. Yeah, uh, Blockers we'll is in June, currently on our schedule. Um, next Saturday, we are going to be talking about the movie Legendary. And then on the Saturday, we're going to skip Sunday next weekend and jump because of the holiday weekend. Um, we're not, Mike's busy because it's his birthday next Sunday. So that is a holiday. When we say holiday, we don't mean Memorial Day. No, yeah, uh, it's also Double or Nothing Day, so we're gonna be plenty busy. Um, but yeah, then the Saturday after that, June fifth, we're gonna go to the reunion. Um, and Legendary and Reunion, I sort of regard as the final movies of a certain chapter of John mm-hmm. Cena's film career. Like the Marine and Twelve Rounds, I guess, are sort of the straightforward. Brr, action movies and legendary and reunion are the two goofy weird movies like yes it's i mean and then we get we have the animated movies of course but like we're gonna get to the next section of the cinematic oeuvre um thank you all for joining us today of course tell your friends cinephiles is also on youtube cinephiles is also on your favorite podcast platform um apple podcasts spotify uh, we're gonna be putting those episodes up in time uh, mm-hmm. giving people some time to if they want to track these movies down they can um i believe that was it for cinephiles today mike do you have any parting words for the audience yeah i just want to thank you all for watching we had a really we had a really nice crowd today which is great thank you guys for chiming in and talking and again like henry said uh if you missed the episodes live no fret not we'll be on youtube and all your favorite podcast services early this week so definitely keep an eye out for that be sure to follow us everywhere and yeah, take a look, feel free to take a, I think our schedule is on our Twitter. So if you want to watch along with us, you can absolutely do that. And uh, yeah, just continue to uh, have an awesome week and give those five knuckle shuffles wherever you can. And a Cena salute to everybody watching. We will talk to you later. Uh, the times of the next episode may, we're, we're looking at seeing what time is best for the audience. Um, we're not we're not too metric driven on this show, but we are definitely wanting to make sure that we have a that people are paying attention. So we might move to three p.m. next week. We consider uh, we'll yeah, figure it out we're, though. We're, we're, so we're fluid. Stay tuned yeah. to our social media. We'll announce things as we will. And on that note, have a wonderful day, and we will see you later. Bye.